Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Morning Footy presented by StubHub. The Asian Cup final is set on Saturday. It will be Jordan facing Qatar at 10 a.m. Eastern. You can watch that match right here on the Galazzo Network. Our coverage starts bright and early at 9 a.m. Eastern. And to help us set the stage for this final, we are absolutely thrilled to welcome in our good friend Andy Harper, who joins us from Qatar. What a legend. Hello, Andy. Um, all right, we've got Jordan taking on Qatar, which is exactly how we drew it up. This is totally what we expected, right? Yeah, like nothing to see here. I mean, the the previous 51 games have been a mere formality. Uh, Who was ever expecting Japan to do anything or the Korea Republic, (laughs) Iran, for goodness sake, my lot, Australia. They're all in the dustbin of Asian Cup history as we speak and and the best best two teams quite remarkably have found their way through the Asian Cup final. But I tell you, it has been such a fun tournament, including the game last night. It It was just incredible, really. It's in, it is incredible, and Jordan will be making their first ever appearance in an Asian Cup final after they beat South Korea 2-0. Can you kind of talk about their journey in this, this tournament and what you've seen and what has gotten them to this point where they're now playing in a final against the defending champs? Yeah, I think, um, you know, the, you can draw a pretty similar trajectory in a lot of ways for both Qatar and Jordan. You know, they uh, one big difference, however, so let's try and split that atom a little bit. One big difference, Jordan have qualified for the final from a third-place position. You know, mm. Same with the Africa Cup of Nations. Four teams in third place, the best four of them, um, get through into the knockout stage. And Jordan have managed to prevail since. It's it's just it's remarkable, as have the Ivory Coast, the host nations in the Africa Cup of Nations. They are actually the worst-placed fourth-best team, and they've made the final at their home competition. Qatar have sailed along really untested, and the tests... They've faced so far, um, they haven't been that impressive. But Jordan have played South Korea twice. They've played the might of South Korea twice in this tournament. They held them for a draw in the group match and and they they completely towed them up in that semi-final. By which point, I should say in defence of the Korea Republic, if they need defending, they they were completely a flogged lot. They had nothing left in the tank. The consecutive um, extra time, Minutes really took their toll. The emotional drain um, on too many games of having to come back deep into injury time to try and salvage their campaign all too much. I feel deeply for them, in particular their their captain, the most magnificent, Son Chun min um, Great footballer, we all know. But the way he carried himself, uh, unbelievable. And my pipeline into Tottenham via the coach there, Ange Postacoglu, he cannot speak highly enough of this guy. And it was a pleasure watching him. As, as disappointing as it was to see uh, an athlete, a statesman indeed, hold himself in such disappointment but with such grace was one of the great takeouts of this tournament. Um, they're gone. Jordan Prevail, they have one of the players of the tournament. Musa Al-Tamari plays for 
Montpellier in Liga 1. Uh, he could win it for Jordan. On the flip side, Akram Afif could win it for Qatar. Two very similar type players who've had similar impact on the tournament. Andy, when I watch Jordan, one player stands out to me who, who you just previously mentioned, Musa Altamari. Is he already cemented as the Golden Ball winner, as the best player of this tournament? Because it feels like everything flows through him. He's good in possession, yeah. 1v1 situations, transition in the counterattack. He's got the pace, but he's also got the know-how in the final third of knowing when to push versus when to keep possession. He's just been so such a standout. But um, is this a player that you foresaw having such an impact in this tournament? No, no. I mean, he's come in with a great reputation and he's playing at a fantastic level at Ligue 1 for Montpellier and he plays regularly there. Um, but you never really know. I mean, the Japanese squad is full of players in the top leagues in Europe and really none of them came and delivered. So, you know, you come into these tournaments hoping, expecting, but I, I wasn't particularly looking out for Musa Al-Tamari. But I must say, when you're getting ready to cover a Jordan game, and I've been fortunate to do two or three of them in this competition, of course, his name does stand out. Now, whether he's delivered over the entirety of the tournament is is debatable. He was just Herculean in that semi-final. I mean, and, and, and you know, the first goal that he set up for the other buzzwire, I mean... Uh, Al Naimad up front uh, is is such an exciting play and the goal he scored set up by Musa Al-Tamri. And, and watching that game, you know, you marvel at the great players and this guy is a great player, not just because of the technique, not because of the finishing prowess and the passing prowess and the dribbling prowess and the athleticism, although all those ingredients are key for the really great players. But what, that, what he did when he intercepted that pass to set up that goal shows the completeness of his greatness to be in that echelon. Because what I, and what I mean by that is you know, the great players do all those technical and athletic things, but the really great players, they read the mood of a game, they read the momentum of an opponent, they, they, may, they, they read the movements, that they sense everything. And this is uh, the pass he ended up putting on, but the intercept upfield he had calibrated exactly where the Korean Republic players were at emotionally, psychologically and technically at that moment. And he read that mispass. He made it look like a mispass because he read it so beautifully. It was a moment of complete greatness. And then, of course, he does a Messi slash Maradona uh, with that goal he scored. Um, we're getting to the pointy end, obviously, and we've got the two players who I think are in line for that golden ball um, uh, um, Trophy, and that's Akram Afif, who has a similar impact on Qatar's matches. And they've been, they've been flatlining a lot this tournament. They haven't been great. Uzbekistan should have done them, but they choked in the penalty shootout. Uh, Iran should have done them, but they couldn't finish from point blank about five times. Uh, and in the end, they've prevailed. And I think we have got the two most dominant players in the tournament to go head to head in the final. And on that basis, it, it'll be a great, a great matchup. Yeah, Andy, I wanted to ask you about Qatar, that even though maybe they should have been left on the side of the road already, mm -hmm. they're in a final, they're at the doorstep of repeating, which is an extraordinary feat. I mean, we all know how much Qatar has invested into developing mm -hmm. their football ever since they were crowned World Cup hosts 10, mm -hmm. 11, 12 years ago. Um, and now they have a, a great opportunity, but at the same time, what happened at the World Cup that 
they finished dead last, 32nd yeah. of 32 yeah. teams. We saw them here in CONCACAF at the Gold Cup. They lost to the United States in the semifinal. They were, they were impressive. And, they, and, yeah. and in that tournament, in the Asian Cup, they were impressive. Um, yeah. and, and now they're in a final again. What, what happened at the World Cup for, for Qatar? Well, the quality of the opponents was just too much. I mean, I just re- I'll just read you the, the teams they've had to play to get to this point. Their group stage had China, Tajikistan and Lebanon. Hardly world powers. China should be, but they're a disgrace. Tajikistan had their best player set off. Uh, and I think there's huge controversy in that match uh, when, uh, by my recollection, Qatar scored their first goal. For some reason, it was not called back for at least a VAR check, but a hugely controversial moment that was a one of these nothing-to-see-here-folks moments, and away they went and scored and won. And Lebanon in the third game, who were boisterous and tough and resilient but lacked quality. Round of 16 match, they played Palestine. Probably enough said. A quarterfinal, they got played off the park by Uzbekistan. Uh, and then did well enough against Iran. My point being is in that World Cup match, they had better quality opponents uh, who put them away. And they've been open for that sort of treatment, to be brutally frank, here at this tournament. But they've found a way through, principally through Akram Afif, um, and and a lot of luck. But they are the defending Asian Cup champions. They have invested a lot of money in football. You know, I've been doing the research on their Aspire Academy suggests that you know, they've put over 3 million players through a scouting network to come up with the scholarship holders to go through the Aspire Academy and then into their two clubs in Europe and beyond, and some of them are circulating back into the Qatar national team. And I am old enough to remember when in the FIFA Under-20 World Cup in 1981 held in Australia, I was a young fella at the Sydney Cricket Ground at the Under-20s World Cup final featuring... West Germany before the wall went down, and Qatar, believe it or not, in 1981, they made the final of the world under 20s. So this, <laughs> so this fuse has been going for evidently for a long time, and they just piled like bulldozer loads of money at this issue of gaining relevance in football, um, and it's certainly working on the continental stage. Very influential. They got a good enough team to win it. I'm, I'm not being disrespectful. But I think they've used up all their luck to get here. They'll need to win it on merit in the final. Andy, you just got to use Nico's terminology, which is, I mean no disrespect, but. The other kicker, like, if I'm to be honest, I tell you, what are you going to be? <laughs> Honestly. Yeah, point? it's like, I really hope you're honest all the time, you know? Like, exactly. what are you not yeah, honest? Yeah. Um, okay, so be yeah. honest with us. Who are you picking to win this final? I'm picking and I'm hoping for Jordan. Okay. Um, Qatar have won this before. You know, they've, they've eaten their birthday cake uh, four years ago. Jordan provide a lot of energy uh, in Asian football. I've been to a World Cup qualifier following the Socceroos at the King Abdullah Stadium in Amman, and it's a, it's a skin-pressing life experience to grab hold of if you ever get the chance. Um, they've never been this far before. The likelihood is they're not going to regularly get this far and I think, I hope that they can grab the chance whilst it's come their way. And if in do, if they're successful in that, I think you can rest assured that Musa Al-Tamari will be at the centre of what they achieve. And that'll be worth watching in its own right. Well, Andy, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. Enjoy the match this weekend. With the greatest of respect, it's been lovely being with you. Oh. <laughs> what a guy.